treating that time away from your child, you have to schedule it and you have to make it a priority because I think a lot of people experience mom guilt. I'm telling you, they get over it. They're not going to remember that. <laughs> and they're going to feel better because when you are around the baby, you're not feeling burnt out and resentful. You're actually giving your child the attention they need. Welcome to The Beauty Boss Confidential. My name is Ren and I'm a beauty blogger, new mom, makeup artist, and owner of my own makeup academy in Atlanta, Georgia. My name is Nalani and I'm a cosmetic tattoo artist and instructor. I run a busy permanent makeup studio and academy in Atlanta as well and also manage a small team. We're two modern women trying to juggle it all from building our empire to being a wife and navigating being a new mom, all while making time for ourselves. We're here to share with you the behind the scenes of what it's really like to run a successful beauty business, from marketing to business strategies, and trying to find that perfect work-life balance. Let's dive right in. Hey guys, my name is Nalani. We are going to talk about mom life. So Ren just became a first-time mommy, and me, on the other hand, I am not a mom yet, but I do have a fur baby. And I wanted to talk to Ren about this because we're both very similar, as in we have our own careers, we've kind of put academics and, you know, that boss life first, and then, you know, marriage life. I'll be honest, I'm super terrified of becoming a mom, basically because I'm afraid to lose my freedom. So I wanted to pick Ren's brain a little bit. So I wanted to know how your life has changed before mom life and after mom life. Well, thank you for asking. Um, it's a loaded question. Before mom life, I was working on my business. I was doing freelance artistry. I was being a wife, hanging out with friends. So it was pretty awesome because there was more time and I had more control over my schedule. So I was super productive and I'm a type A personality. So I thrive on being able to control my environment. When I had Bella, everything was thrown out the door. I had to put her needs first, especially in the first year. And my business was still running. I have a business partner, luckily, but I still had to contribute and feel like I wasn't letting my partner down. So when I had Bella, I had to adjust my schedule and pretty much work whenever I could find it, whether she was sleeping, whether I had to get a babysitter on important meeting dates. But you have to be more flexible and you have to find the balance between giving your baby and your husband and your friend's attention as well as your business. So it's definitely a work in progress. There are some things I've learned that I will definitely implement for the next baby. But I think it's it's good because it helps you become who you are and become the mom that you are. And I definitely give major props to my mom because seeing it firsthand makes it really real. Yeah. yeah. So how did you know you wanted to become a mom? Like how, you know, they say that you can never be ready for it. What what were your feelings of, of being ready to finally, you know, have a child? You know what? No one has ever asked me that before. That's a really good question. So when I got married to my husband a couple of years ago, I actually made the decision, yes, I do want children. I knew I've always wanted children. I think that's a personal decision that everyone kind of knows or they understand with time. But I made the decision to wait 
before I had kids. I didn't want to jump right into it because personally, I felt like I needed to explore some things on my own. I wanted to continue traveling more, going abroad, and I wanted to develop my my new business, which was actually launched not not too long after I was married. So I know I knew I wanted to put the time in. And it's a decision that you have to take seriously because you don't want to sacrifice time away from your child or not be financially ready. I felt like after I made the decision, I was both. I was financially ready to support another human being. And my business was in a stable enough place where I could take some time off and rely on my business partner um, in order to pursue mommyhood. That's great. Um, See, I'm the type that I've, I never really could imagine myself as a mom, but as the years, you know, as I gotten older, it's starting to warm up to me. And I know I want a kid, but it's so scary just because of the sleeping aspect of it. So tell me, do you get eight hours of sleep or is it like kind of cat naps here and there? That's so funny because before I had a baby, I was, I was all about sleep. Like if I didn't get enough sleep, I would get sick. And I could sleep anywhere and everywhere. And I just loved sleep. <laughs> that was like my number one favorite thing to do. Then you have a baby and every every child is different. Some babies sleep really great um, from the beginning or at least, you know, in the newborn stage. Some don't, some get better with it. And then there are, there are regressions, which means they're sleeping great and then they're not. So I actually, I've I've adapted my body to less sleep. So even though it's something that, you know, it's, it's scary. You do feel like you're in the trenches for a while. You get used to it. And as a baby gets older, they sleep more and they nap more. So this might sound crazy, but at, at my baby's age, they can actually sleep up to 12 hours. Really? A night. Yes. Whether or not it's a straight 12 hours um, is the question. So I would say on average, my baby sleeps bet- closer to 10 ish hours. So there's obviously a range, but um, it gives you time to uh, when the baby is asleep to decide whether or not you need to get other things done, or maybe you nap when the baby naps, or maybe you go to sleep when she sleeps and just wake up early. So there is some leeway in there. The first year though, I'm not going to lie. It's tough. It's like, it feels like you're being hazed a little (laughs) bit. (laughs) That's why everybody's like, Hey, I birthed you and I have to change you and rock you back to sleep. It's true. That part is crazy, but it definitely builds the bond. I think that's part of the, the reason why you're so connected is because you go through all those things together, but it's not a forever thing. It's just a temporary thing. And as I grow, it gets better. Yeah. When did you have Bella? Like what, how old were you? Because, you know, our biological clock, like I hate when people say that if you're over 35, it's like you're pretty much senior citizen. Your eggs are like dry. <laughs> like how, how did, did you feel pressure as far as like the biological clock? You know, it's true. Um, if you go to the doctor, they'll they'll actually classify you as a geriatric, um, a geriatric case, which is crazy because geriatrics is something that you think of senior citizens. But I had I got pregnant at 34, had Bella um, when I was 35, so I was definitely considered an at-risk case. My pregnancy though was normal; I didn't have any complications, thank God. But I was considered on the older end. But these days, technology has improved so much. So they're actually, what I've heard is the age of 35 is being pushed back even further because 
it's a new generation of women who decided to go to school. They're pursuing their own businesses. They're waiting later to get married, waiting later to have kids. I remember going to a women's conference and a lot of people were actually freezing their eggs because they were just like, I'm not going to have a, a kid anytime soon. So there are so many options available, but I don't think, I don't think it's, it's like a cancellation factor. I think that having a baby later is definitely feasible. There are risks, of course, but I think also if you take care of yourself, take care of your body, keep clean, work out, eat healthy, that makes it for a better pregnancy as well. So there are risks at any age, depending you know, on your own self-care and um, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad that women are, you know, waiting later to have a baby because, I mean, really, in your mid-20s, you're, you really don't know who you are yet. And I feel like I finally knew who I was even in my early 30s. So the fact that, you know, feeling pressure to have a baby before, and some people don't even meet their mate until later on in life. And it's like, you know, who wants to have a baby like right after you get married? You know, it's like, it's so messed up. I feel like society uh, expectations are so messed up right now. But the fact that the biological clock doesn't go in line with what the new society feels is, is very frustrating because I'm 35. Wait, no, I'm 36. I just forgot my age. Holy crap. <laughs> I'm 36 now. And you know, I feel like I'm finally like ready to have a baby. But the fact that they're like, oh, my God, you're, you know, your your eggs are about to be dry. It, it just sucks, you know, because like you said, you want to wait to be financially, mentally, emotionally, and you want to find the right person, too. So did you personally struggle with that biological clock? Did you feel any pressure personally with that? I think the answer is yes. And not only did I feel pressure, I felt pressure from family, which is super annoying. Like my mom was ready to have a grandchild. So especially because I, you know, I was married, she was like, okay, what, what are you waiting for? So um, I felt that it was more important for me to choose when my body would be ready and my mind would be ready than listening to industry standards. I remember when I was a kid, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to have kids when I'm 25. But yeah, if I had had kids at 25, I, I think it would have been at, at a detriment to both them and myself because I don't want to feel like I am being selfish and not doing some of the things that I wanted to do. And then, you know, going out at night and leaving my baby while I'm still partying because I feel still feel that need, for example, you know, so decide for yourself. It's like it, it's a personal decision. You know, it's not other people who are having their bodies change and medically putting themselves at risk. Whether you have kids at a young age, some people do well with that and they just want to have their kids early, you know, and, you know, be young with their kids. And, you know, when I'm older and I have a teenager, when I'm nearing my middle, <laughs> when I'm nearing senior age, that's definitely something that I've chose to do. So I'm going to have to be older with a kid versus someone who's has kids who are out the house and then they can enjoy life maybe later on. Cause I have family who, whose kids are, you know, pretty much grown and now they're going out and traveling the world where I was able to do it, you know, before kids. So, you know, either way, there are decisions that you have to make and pros and cons that you have to weigh. Yeah, for sure. I wanted to ask you, you and your husband set up like that 
first year as far as because being an entrepreneur, you obviously have like more of a flexible schedule. Do you feel the need to take on that role of of caring for your child because you have a flexible schedule or is it pretty much like split between the two of you guys as far as who's going to get up in the middle of the night and feeding and changing diapers and things like that? Yeah, that's actually something that I personally still struggle with to this day. You know, not only is it I have a flexible work schedule, it's also I'm the mom. So in general, I think moms are expected to take on most of the child rearing duties while the husband Mm -hmm. works. So crazily enough, when I met my husband, he was an entrepreneur and I was working in corporate America. But then we made a decision together to kind of switch roles. So now he's in corporate and I'm doing the entrepreneurial thing, which is it's pretty cool because we have the stable insurance and the income where I can pursue my, you know, my dreams and be my own beauty boss. But I do feel that there are times when I'm at home trying to do all this work from home, still doing the exact same thing I did before baby while trying to take care of the baby. And because I'm the mom, you know, it's expected to do the baths, the diapers, the feedings. And my husband tries, but I think it's, it's ingrained in, in a lot of people's heads that, You know, the husband does this stuff and then the wife does this stuff. So it's something that I've actually been working with, um, with my husband, asking him to take more on because I think that just because I work from home doesn't mean I'm not working, you know, and a lot of people say like working from home, working as a stay at home mom is a completely separate occupation. And I can totally see why now. Um, a lot of my friends who are actually stay-at-home moms, why they struggled so hard because it is a lot. And I'm not going to lie, there are days where I go into the office and I'm happy I'm in the office because it's a mental break. But on the opposite end, I have a girlfriend whose husband is in the same shoes. He's an entrepreneur. So he actually stays home with a baby. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where they had to hire a part-time nanny because his mental you know, sanity was taking blows from being at home with a baby and he wasn't able to do everything that he needed to do. So it's kind of crazy how, you know, I guess, depending on, you know, the way you format your relationship, somebody is going to suffer, but it takes, it takes both parents or, you know, whatever support you have, whether it be family or friends to, um, to give it a real well-balanced reaction because one person can't do it all. Yeah. I heard that working from home, with a child is so distracting. (laughs) I heard some of my friends, they have like, uh, you know, work from home days, and they literally have to hire a nanny or like a babysitter for a few few hours, because it's so distracting to get stuff done. And they're actually more productive when they're in the office versus, you know, working from home, because a lot of people think working from home is like luxury, because you can work in your PJs. And, you know, you have access to like to eat whenever you want to. But Um, My friend actually worked from home during the pandemic and she was like, I'm going crazy. (laughs) So I cannot imagine having to, you know, even watching my dog. I'm just like, oh, you want to go outside again? But I know that's like nothing in comparison to having a child at home. Yeah. So actually, that leads to me to my next question. Like, how do you not lose yourself um, from, you know, being a mom or a wife or even like a friend? Like, how do you balance that all? Or do you balance it all? Or do you even want to balance that all? You know, that is something that I don't think enough people talk about is being able to mentally bring yourself back to a whole person and not just a mom. 
So my friend and I, we we had babies about two weeks apart, and that is something we talked about a lot. It helps to have people who you can talk to about it because your body goes through so many changes chemically, um, emotionally. You you know you're you're physically changing. So I will say that first year, it was a struggle. And I and I heard from a lot of moms, it takes about a year before you can kind of feel like your yourself again. It helps to have your own interests and your own pursuit. So even if I was a stay-at-home mom, I would say whatever hobby you have going on, whatever it is outside of you know your husband and your baby, still commit time to it and commit time for yourself because you get burnt out real quick. The days are long. I continue to have my title. I'm like, I'm a mom, yes, but I'm also a makeup artist and I'm a business owner. And I made sure to have me time. So my husband is really good about coming home from work. And he's like, all right, let's give mommy a break. And he'll take her for a couple hours. And I'll just go to my room and sleep or read a book. He understands like the mental part of it is super important. It's just like being in a relationship with somebody. You don't want to give all of yourself to that person and have nothing outside of that person like you have to have your own self-interest and it really keeps you sane so I think the thing that really kept me going in that first year was I would have girl dates you know with my girlfriends we would go out not every week because it's just not feasible but at least once a month we would go out and meet and I would get a babysitter or have my husband watch her and I would do the same and I would have date nights you know treating that time away from your child you have to schedule it and you have to make it a priority because I think a lot of people experience mom guilt and they don't want to leave their baby and they feel bad because the baby's crying when they're leaving. But hey, I'm telling you, they get over it. They're not going to remember that, you know, and they're going to feel better because when you are around the baby, you're not feeling burnt out and resentful. You're actually giving your child the attention they need and feeling good about yourself too. Do you go through mom guilt? Like, is that a real thing and why (laughs) you know it is a real thing and I think I feel it less than some of the other moms because I think because I was so independent before being a mom I have a friend when she's at home she doesn't want to leave the baby like because she works full-time so when she's at home she thinks it's kind of bad for her to go out with the girls and she thinks it's her job to stay at home which sucks because, you know, you're setting yourself up to be burnt out, like I said, and you're not giving yourself a break because you're working full time and then you're coming home Mm -hmm. and then working with a baby essentially. So mom guilt is a real thing. I think when I first, I took my first trip away from my child, I was like, I don't know. But honestly, I just had to tell myself, girl, take this time for yourself. It's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And I had a good time. I did a wedding um, in California. That was when my baby was about four months old. And I was okay with it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know that probably sounds crazy to some people, but I was so glad to have time to myself sleep through a full night and do what I needed to do. So I think it's a natural reaction that you might not, you might not imagine it until you have a kid. I don't know if it's like a chemical thing, like when you're separated from your baby, maybe it's like some kind of natural reaction, but you have to make time. So get over it and schedule it, schedule that time for yourself or whatever you need to do for your business, because it is a balance. So you're not just a mommy, you're, you're doing whatever you're doing outside of that. So being like Bella is one and a half right now, do you have like designated girls night, um, downtime for your, for yourself? 
date night with your husband? Do you have designated date night or do you just kind of do it like you kind of go with the flow? Or are you kind of like, oh, I feel antsy right now. I need to see my friends. How does that work for you? Yeah. Well, I try to schedule a date night on a weekly basis. It doesn't always happen, but at least the intent is there. So I'll get a babysitter um, to watch her for a couple of hours. And date night might be just we are home by ourselves watching a movie and having a drink. So it's not necessarily like anything elaborate, especially with, you know, being at home quarantine. It's nice to have a husband who he reads me pretty well. And I feel comfortable telling him when it's a bad day. (laughs) I was like, hey, she is getting on my nerves so bad today. I just need you to come home and take her. And he will because some days are better than others. And then we also have the time where we can schedule it. But man, I wish it was it was like such an easy calendar that you could just schedule everything. But you have you just have to get in, get it in where it fits in. So sometimes with my girlfriends, we'll we'll get together and I I can't make it because my baby's sick, you know, and then but it but if I can, I always try to make that a priority and see my friends because one of my girlfriends, she um I didn't realize it, but she was depressed. Like she was, you know, she had her baby and she wasn't coming out. She wasn't really replying to texts, and she was going through postpartum depression and not really letting anyone know. And it wasn't until we actually saw her in person that we realized it was, you know, something that she was going through. And when she was able to talk about it, it actually helped her. So even though it's something that you might not think to do or want to do, it does mm-hmm. make a difference once you actually do it. Do all of your friends have kids? Are you guys like at the same part in life where it's like one or two toddlers or something like that? My friend group has a pretty good mix of um, some people are married, some people aren't, some people are have kids, some people have stepkids. So there is a diverse group. And you know what one of my single friends told me? She's not married. She, she's in a relationship, but she's not married and she doesn't have kids. She told me, she was like, I love how you just keep it real. Like you're not trying to make it like this amazing fantasy where my baby is this and she's doing that. And I'm all, you know, roses and everything. She was like, I love how you keep it real. And when we do get together, you're not always just talking about your kids. Oh my God. <laughs> I was, that's one question I want to, <laughs> I want to get into that. <laughs> yeah. I remember being the one who doesn't have a kid and hearing my friends talk about it the entire time. And I was like, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's not interesting for other people. And I don't want to hear somebody talk about their boo for like the whole conversation. So I do talk about my kid. But again, I'm still that friend. I'm your girlfriend who will listen to your, you know, your dramas. And I'll mention my dramas too. But it's something you have to be conscious about, though, because it can like a baby can take over all your life, especially if you're not having adults around, you're not used to talking to adults. Yeah, It can dominate your whole life. But you should try not to talk about them the whole time. Just make that effort. Most of my friends do have kids. And I will admit, like, at one point, it was, like, just the conversation. We had a girls' night. The conversation was just, like, all about their kids. And I'm happy. You know, kids are a blessing. But at the same time, I'm just, like, sitting there, like, kind of, like, staring at the wall, you know. And and I'm, like I said, I'm happy for them. It's nothing ill will or you know, any kind of negative thoughts or anything like that. But, you know, when you go from going out with each other and just like having girls night to all of a sudden, like, boom, bam, like, 
kid talk all the time and I'm over here like entrepreneur business and I have no one to talk to, you know? So I felt really like an outcast. I'll be honest. I was, I felt sad and I felt like, oh my God, like I lost, I lost my friends. I don't have anybody else. Like, do I have to go make new friends? Do I have to make friends with like the 20, early 20 somethings? But I'm like, I don't want to go clubbing. So that's not, not my scene either. So at one point I was really, really sad. I felt like I lost all my friends. And I came across this article where it was like a letter. It was like a new mom. And she wrote a letter to her single friends. And she mentioned like, you know, I'm sorry, I can't make it or, you know, please still be my friend. So it was kind of like a, a letter kind of telling a new mom perspective. And when I read that article, I was just like, oh, okay. Like I felt a little bit more sympathetic and like, okay, I understand because she's talking about her her new child that's like writing on the walls and you you completely forget, a, almost forget where, you know, they, they say mommy brain is a real thing. So, can you tell me more about that? Do you kind of forget about, say, for instance, you're like, oh, I'll call you later. And you just forget because your kid did something or, you know, your your kid like urinated on him, herself or whatever. Like, is that real? Like, do you are you really forget? Do you forget about your friends? I guess. You know what? Um, everything that you said, by the way, is so true, because I felt like that before I felt like neglected. And I had some friends who had babies before me and I kind of felt like they were doing their own thing. And sometimes, you know, your friend circle just has to make the adjustments. I still hang out with them, but I also had other friends who, you know, if if some of my mommy friends didn't want to go out, I had other friends to go out with. But I have sympathy on both ends now that I've experienced it. So I think being open to your friend and be like, hey, I miss you. I know you're busy, but let's hang out. Or what, can I, do you want me to come over there or something? You know, just being open with each other, I think that will make both sides feel like you understand what I'm going through and I understand what you're going through. But in terms of the whole mommy brain thing, that is so weird. It's really a real thing. So I don't believe it. <laughs> I, I, don't, I think what it is, honestly, it's a combination of extreme fatigue and um, the fact that like crazy incidences happen like at a drop of a dime. So I remember like I would meet with my business partner and I just was very, I was so good at being that person who was on top of it. I would reply to emails fast. I would remember all these different things, but like literally I would talk to her and I would just forget what I was saying, like right in that instance. Like I was like, wait, what was I talking about? And it happened, it happened so much that she was like, oh, mommy brain. I'm like, yeah, I guess that's what that is. <laughs> so I think it is a chemical thing. Like, you know, your body is all out of whack. And honestly, yes, it's extreme sleep fatigue, like because you're not getting a lot of rest. Mm -hmm. But like with my friends, I tell them text me because I can't be on the phone with the screaming kid. Like it's just especially at this age, she doesn't want me to like not pay attention to her. So I schedule my phone calls and I'm like, can you call me in an hour? <laughs> you know what I mean? Text me. But I was like, I'm just going to be real. Like you're not going to want to hear her screaming in the background the whole time. And I don't want to hear her either. Yeah. So like I don't. I don't mean to not respond sometimes, but like life gets crazy. Like the kid is throwing tantrums all day. You, you know, you get poop on her, poops on you. And then like you forget to reply to a text. So I said, give, give it a little leeway with the moms who are like, you know, going through it, mm -hmm. but like, just check up. Like, hey, did you see my text? 
that's a good thing because like, oh, my bad girl. I didn't do it on purpose, yeah. but I did not reply or I forgot to hit send or something crazy like that. Yeah, yeah. So it, it is a real thing. So what advice, I mean, not advice, but what can you tell like your single friends, I guess, if you do kind of feel like you're not making effort and like, what would you tell them? Like, you know, I'm sorry, it's not on purpose. Just so, you know, the people who are listening, that it's going through that, like me, <laughs> like, what can you tell someone who's a single friend to make them feel better? So that way they don't feel neglected. <laughs> if you have a friend who's a mommy, and you feel like she's a completely different person now, and she's not trying to hang out, and you feel neglected. I think that as a mom, I'm going to tell you, we love you and we need you. So even though our life is crazy right now, and we have this little alien sucking the life out of us, <laughs> you know, like it's going to get better as the kid gets older, you know, we're going to have a little bit more time, but please don't fall off and, and just check in with me and I'll do my best to check in with you. And let's just go through this together because just like I was a person before the baby, I'm still that same person. I just have, you know, an, an extra set of responsibilities to tend to. So it's not personal. Yeah. Let's work together. And when, you know, when and if you have a baby, you know, I'm going to do the same for you and hope that, you know, you're doing okay. And I'll check in with you and we'll get through this together. Yeah, that's awesome. What about when you were when you didn't have Bella yet? What can you tell the the moms besides, you know, hey, don't talk about your kid the entire dinner. <laughs> How can you yeah. kind of like tell them? Wow, that's a harder question to answer. <laughs> I think um <laughs> so long ago. I think you know what helps is doing activities. So instead of just, you know, sitting there talking, when you have new moms, go out and do stuff. Go do wine tastings because I'm telling you, you want to drink after you had a baby even more than before. <laughs> So do wine tastings, go um, try new foods together, whatever you can do to be interactive. And I think that if I was able, if I had a friend tell me, be like, hey, all you talk about is your kid, I think I would get my feelings hurt, just to be honest, especially because you're extra uber sensitive mm -hmm. during those first couple of months when you're all chemically imbalanced. But I think I would just be like, hey, I miss you. You know, do you think we can get some time away or what can I do to help you? So that way, when you do go out, you know, you feel like we can, we can let less a little bit. So it's kind of like, help them see the need and do whatever you need to do. So that way you can have that person be on your time. So when you're with the baby, you know, you're with the baby, but when you're with your friends, you're with your friends. But girl, I will say, if you do have to speak a little cautiously, because it's real, like your hormones are crazy. So like, you know how you're all hormonal when you're on your period, imagine being like that for a whole year. I can't. <laughs> I would do brows. I would just be like, oh, Nalani's been gone for a year. I'll just be like, yeah, it's this new baby that's like making me emotionally unstable. Yeah, it helps to have a, a partner like your, you know, peace is super, super seems like he would be very supportive. So you have to have some people to help. I don't like I don't even know what I would do if I was a single mom. And I have the most respect for single moms because I tell that to my husband every day. I don't know how I'd be able to do this. Like if I didn't have a husband and family and friends to help me out. Yeah. So your parents are from Florida and they come once in a while, right? Yeah. I would say my mom in particular, she's retired. So she was coming um, almost like every month to because she just loved her grandchild that much. 
And I was so happy. Like she would come and I would be like trying to get to work. And I remember I told you like my parents are coming this week. So I'm going to like put my head in the sand and just like knock out everything. Mm -hmm. So I take advantage of, um, of anybody who can help. So don't think that you have to do it all on your own. You know, like, let's just be realistic. Like you can't do it all. So when I have family that's watching Bella, I take advantage of that time. And I like do all of the work I can in that short amount. So that way it can carry over. It's just like with recording our podcast, like we're like, we're going to record a whole bunch now. So that way it carries us through. It's like the same thing with the kids. So I mean, it really does take a village and it's good to have your kid exposed to other people too. So that way they have that social aspect and it's good for everybody. Yeah. Do you feel guilty when somebody watches your baby that's not your husband and then you go out? Do you? I did too. Yeah. I felt like that at first, but I had to just get over it. Obviously put the the baby in in someone's hands that you trust, but Mm -hmm. all you can do is just be like, hey, they're, they're, they're stronger than they look. Kids are pretty resilient and you're not going to, it's not like I'm going to be away forever. You need to take, mm-hmm. I think it's more important to take that time. So that way you can reboot. So that way you're a better mom for when you do have them. Yeah. Well, you seem like you got this mom thing kind of going on. Are you like reading books or is it natural or did someone tell you how to, you know, do all, it seems like you kind of have a good grasp as to how all this works. So, wow, that's a big compliment. (laughs) There are things that I definitely struggle with still, like my baby's independent sleeping habits and making sure that, you know, she gets her socialization. But I think what really helps is definitely having other friends that you can talk to who have had kids that can kind of give you advice. And I definitely, when I was pregnant, I was that person who was reading all the books. I had like four different apps you know, reading all about my child's development. Mm -hmm. And then when I became a mom, I didn't have time for that anymore. (laughs) So I was like, I was like, okay, it's actually a lot of it is natural instinct. And you know, you adapt. So Mm -hmm. even if you've never been around kids, like I never had little baby cousins or siblings, I never had changed the diaper before. So when I became a mom, I was really nervous about it. But honestly, part of it is natural and you learn from doing it. And you learn what works for you. So I always tell people, everybody's different. So I'm not going to judge your parenting because you have a different mm-hmm. child than mine. You have a different situation. So you just have to like go with the flow and try new things. And if it doesn't work, try something else. But having a support system, though, is definitely like probably the biggest thing that will help you through it. That's a good point. You mentioned maternity leave earlier. Um, I was wondering, being like an entrepreneur, how do you prepare for that? Especially if you're someone that's like providing service, like, do you have, do you financially prepare for that months in advance? Do you take a shorter maternity leave? Like how, how did you get through that? Yeah, that's a really good question because it's not something that's set in stone for entrepreneurs. So me and my business partner, we, you know, we pretty much split the work. So as soon as I got pregnant, I let her know early on. So that way she wasn't like blindsided and she could kind of plan for it with me. So I actually played it by ear. I told her, Hey, this is when I'm uh, planning to go out. And then I'm going to see how I feel. Because if I'm, if I was like still recovering, 
I didn't want to like force myself to go back early, especially because, you know, I do own part of the business. So I think I can make that decision for myself, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to neglect the business for so long and feel like a slacker. So for me, I was like, okay, you need at least six weeks to recover. That's what the doctors all say. Six weeks to heal before you can start working out, before you can um, return to any physical activity. But in between that and like a typical 12 week return to work that most people do in corporate, I just kind of played it by ear. And what we did was we had other staff that I literally trained somebody the entire year leading up to when I was gone. So I mentored somebody to teach classes while I was on maternity leave. So I had a backup and that's something I planned for. And then I, I just kind of saw how my body was feeling. And for me, it was about eight weeks is when I started going back and doing events. And it was something that I, I communicated with to my partner. I was like, this is how I'm feeling. I think I can do it. Or, you know, that might be too much right now. But I think keeping open lines of communication with your employees and like listening to your body, that's really what's most important because you don't want to, you know, go back when it's too soon and then you get sick or your babies like get sick. It's just not worth the risk. But it's a lot of factors. But as an owner, as a boss, I think that's pretty cool that you can make your own plan and not have like the government or your job tell you what you need to do. Well, that makes me feel more at ease. (laughs) Well, in closing, like, what advice do you have for new moms if they're kind of going through it right now or someone that's like planning to be a mom and, you know, they might be freaking out a little bit like me? Um, (laughs) What advice do you have for us? (laughs) I would say take advantage of this time and do all the fun stuff that you want to do. But let's say you're, you're pregnant already or you're planning to have a baby. Get all your date nights and get all the pedicures, go on vacation and have fun, you know, and then when you do have your kid, just remember every day is going to get turned into the next day and then the next day. But they say the days are long, but the years are short. So enjoy the time that you have with your baby, even though it seems crazy. Just remember that, you know, they're only going to be little once. And, and I really try to cherish this time with her, even though she does drive me crazy, you know, it's really special. And you do form a kind of bond and love that people talk about like, whoa, I never thought I could love somebody this much. It's true. Like it's, it's worth it all. So even though you might be struggling, it's worth it. It's going to get better. And don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, whether it's a girlfriend or your husband or your mom, or just um, like an online community, I think that it really does take a village to raise a child. So feel free to to ask for help and take time for you. That's great. I have one more question. What is one thing we should not ask new moms? Like what's like a sensitive subject or talk about? Hmm. One thing I didn't like people ask me when I was pregnant, and this is separate, and I'll get into the mom thing, is I didn't want anybody stressing me out even more. When people would ask me like, oh, are you going to get an epidural? Oh, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that. (laughs) That used to be on my nose so bad because I'm like, you're freaking me out and I don't need that. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't even think about someone would be sensitive about that. So that's great. Yeah. I mean, going into labor is so scary. Um, You know, a lot of people, they don't know what it's going to be like for their body, their first time moms like me. That used to freak me out so bad. So I think I would tell people just calm, you know? 
the whole the whole horror stories thing. I'm good without that. So <laughs> that's something that I will definitely say for um, anyone who's um, pregnant that you're dealing with. In terms of anyone who's a mom, I think it's kind of similar. Like, don't be judgmental. Don't say this is the only way because until you know you've had my child for like all these months you don't really know what i'm going through so i think i'm i would say listen and you know just encourage because it's a sensitive topic like no one wants to feel like they're a bad parent and we're still trying to figure things out so i would say just go in there with an open mind and and keep the judging to a minimum that would be really helpful yeah, yeah. I, I thought it would be like the whole breastfeeding thing. <laughs> so <laughs> the boobs, I'm like, oh, yep, they're crazy. It's a crazy experience. <laughs> but yeah, I went through breastfeeding and like pumping for like a whole year. And then after a year, I was like, that's it. <laughs> I am done. That's a so lot I think it, it is. It was that was why I told you that first year was the hardest because that's what they recommend is to keep them on breast milk for a year. So your body is still going through it for that whole time. And some people do it longer. If I'm going to do it for the second kid, I'm not sure because that was a lot. But yeah, mm -mm. I commend you. Well, I have lots more questions, but we're going to save that for like a girl's dinner or something. Because <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's so scary still, even though I'm at, in my I keep thinking I'm 35, but I'm 36. <laughs> um it's still scary. And I've, I've done the whole travel. I've waited for the right man. I, you know, we have a house, we're settled. But it's like, you know, how could you really be ready? So I guess you'll never know until he or she comes. So yeah, looking forward to that. And this conversation definitely helped me kind of feel a little bit more at ease. So thank you. Yay. Thanks for joining us on the Beauty Boss Confidential. If you love this episode, go ahead and screen record your favorite part and tag us on Instagram. I'm Nalani at BeautyBot. And I'm Ren at Makeup by Ren Ren. We would love to hear from you. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you'll never miss an episode. And please give us a five-star rating and tell all your beauty bosses. Thanks again for tuning in. And we'll catch you next time. <laughs>